diets, exercise, positive mindset, supplements, what works and what doesn't work when it comes to losing weight. Why is weight loss so tricky? We will delve into this hot topic today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome to Healthy Harmony, where we help you clarify and discuss health tactics to harmonize your life. I'm your host and health coach, Jennifer Pickett, and today my guest is Becca Hammond. Becca is a certified health coach with five years of experience in health coaching and nutrition counseling. From an early age, Becca was intrigued by health and nutrition and how that played a role in her own life as she went through certain health challenges. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology with an emphasis in nutrition from the University of Oregon. She is also a certified yoga instructor, and she got her certification as a health coach from the Dr. Sears Wellness Institute. Life experiences, education, and her genuine love for guiding people into optimal health and wellness truly lights Becca up and fuels her passion every single day. Becca, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. Okay, so girl, let's get right into the hot topic that everybody wants to know. Let's talk weight loss. Why in the world is weight loss so difficult? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And it can be so, um, you know, so many branches of what we're looking at here with weight loss. And in my experience in my personal profession, it shouldn't be the only or the main focus, which can kind of be controversial, right? Because that is what a lot of people are wanting. They do want weight loss. They want to look better and feel better. And it's 100% understandable, right? But um, my modality of thinking goes back to the root cause of why you might have this extra weight. Um, you know, excess body fat is pillows of this adipose tissue that can store toxins and um, excess body fat. And for years, you know, it can build up over months, it can build up over years. And the reason why it's such a a touchy topic for a lot of people is that it can take that long to add on to your body. It can take that long, sometimes longer to get off of your body. So, um, yeah, it can be kind of a, a harder topic and it's very individualized per person. Every body is different. Every, um, you know, everybody's so bio-individual, um, life experiences, everything is so individual. It needs to be all of that needs to be taken into account when you're addressing weight loss. Yes, um, it, it certainly requires that individualized approach. And, um, uh, you know, so many people are very, very frustrated. They feel like they've done all the things. Um, and uh, I love how you said that uh, it needs to be a, a personalized approach and maybe we need to look at this a little bit differently. Uh, you stated that sometimes this is someone's absolute main goal. This is maybe what drives them to see a health coach or a dietitian in the first place um, is they want to lose weight. Um, and you take a very different approach in looking at root issues. So what are some of those root issues that could be driving um, weight gain? Yeah, that's a great question. So the 
I think there needs to be a shift from um, weight loss to basically reducing inflammation, right? And inflammation can be kind of a, a vague, kind of overcasted term that can just mean um, toxins building up or times that your body is trying to heal other areas of your body where it can't now focus on weight loss because it's more in kind of a survival mode, reducing that inflammation so that it can um, thrive. So um, a lot of the things that happen with weight gain are, you know, stress and the lack of stress reduction, the type of foods that people are eating, and they may be low calorie or say fat-free, low-free, those kind of um, trigger words that we see in our food systems and the, the larger food companies, but those typically are the foods that can create more problems for us and create that inflammation, which then leads to toxin buildup, which then leads to weight gain. So it's more of getting to the issue of the root cause and um, getting into eating more cleaner food, stress reduction, better sleep, um, laughing, you know, those kind of seemingly um, esoteric types of approaches, but those are the things that can really help you release that way. And and I always like to say um, weight release instead of weight loss, because if you lose something, that means you're looking for it. So we don't want to find the weight again. Yes. (laughs) Um, So uh, you're saying weight release instead of weight loss. I think that's a very interesting um, perspective. And I wanted to to ask a question about inflammation. I know that that's a word that uh, we may use as health coaches. I know it's a word that's starting to be recognized. But if someone were to ask, okay, what are you talking about? What is inflammation? Um, And do I have inflammation in my body? How would you respond to that? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think... um, you know, and that's a lot of the time a, a clinical question that I talk with the doctors about because another thing with inflammation is that it is um, very individualized. It can happen when you're eating inflammatory foods, which for each person can be completely different. It can be um, gluten for someone. It can be dairy for someone. It can even be different types of fruits or vegetables for other people that they don't know they might have a reaction to that now their body is Um, seeing those foods or um, things that they're taking into their body as a pathogen and now their body is trying to fight those foods even though for someone else they might not have that same reaction. Um, Inflammation can be in the form of stress. So if you're chronically stressed for long periods of time, your cortisol levels now are elevated for longer periods of time than um, than is healthy and now you have inflammation in that regard. Um, you can is this have... a newer concept that we're looking at stress as um, a driving force in how we process weight and the health of our body? Do you think this is a, a newer concept? And why is that? Why are we just now looking at, at the role that stress plays? Yeah, no, I think that's a great insight and a great question. I think um, from my perspective and my view of um, seeing patients over the years, I think it is a relatively new concept to Um, pinpoint some of these health issues back to stress. I mean, I think it's been in the health space for a long time, but actually learning and connecting the, the fact that we do have stress and how to manage it and the fact that doing that helps our health is, is relatively new. Um, You know, it's, it's definitely something that is more 
at least in my experience in my life that I've seen, it's more prevalent now than ever in terms of um, we're go, go, go society. We have so much to do. We, we have, certainly are. Yeah, social media that is um, constantly in our faces and um, things that can bring low self-esteem or um, making us less active. So now we're not exercising as much, which then increases stress even more. So I think... So um, let me stop you right there. I think mm -hmm. it, it, it lands a, a very interesting perspective here is social media uh, and being on our phones, being on our electronic devices, is that ma making us unhealthy? You know, I think it's, it's pretty interesting. And I actually have a cousin that does research um, with tech and happiness. So she's finding through her research that um, you can coexist and make technology um, part of your healthy routines. And conversely, it can also be, be a detriment. So it's finding that perfect balance of using tech to our advantage, using um, exercise apps, food tracking apps, meditation apps that we use through technology with our phones that can elevate our health versus mindlessly scrolling or searching or, you know, watching videos that don't build us up or waste our time on the phones or computers that are now um, you know, making our health decline instead of helping us get healthier and reduce stress and, um, you know, using technology to our advantage. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. And as we look at social media and we look at this rise of Instagram influencers, for instance, giving out health advice, um, what is, what's dangerous about that? Uh, listening to certain individuals give health advice and some of the images that are put before us, what is the danger of that? Yeah, so the danger with that is definitely the fact that going back to everybody's individual, you know, everybody has their, their bodies, their chemistry, their experiences, and their past experiences as well, what has made them who they are today. So looking at the social media um, images, influencers, and comparing yourself with someone else's opinion and what they're going through can be very detrimental because you're trying to fit your your frame into that mold and certainly you know that that's never a good thing we're we're inundated with um, different opinions different um, ways to look at health and I think the best methodology is for um, someone to take control of their own health take it into their hands and be their own champion their own advocate go to a functional medicine doctor or a doctor that they trust or a health coach start to talk with them about them specifically um, in order to start on their health and wellness journey versus trying to find someone outside of themselves. It's, it's better to turn in to yourself with the help of a professional. Becca, I love how you stated that. And it makes me think of that, that phrase uh, that says comparison is the thief of joy. And I think sometimes on our health journey, as we're looking at some of these images that are out there, this perfectionist type image, we almost have the sense of, oh, goodness, I can never achieve that. And we get overwhelmed and we 
refuse to move forward because we just shut down. Um, so I think you're right. It plays such a, it plays a key role. It can provide some motivation and some inspiration, but it can also be very detrimental. Um, and you and I have certainly seen that weight loss requires a very, very customized, personalized approach. So my next question to you is probably one of the biggest myths that is in weight loss today. And that is that weight loss is simply a result of calories in versus calories out. Eat, let this whole novel concept, excuse me, this whole concept of eat less and move more. Um, what would you say to those folks who, uh, who this is still, you know, this is what they know. Um, this whole eat less and move more. Um, tell me what your thoughts are surrounding that. Yeah, you know, and I definitely still hear that today, you know, up until this very point, I hear people that that's what they're turning to is just, oh, I'll just eat a little bit less and I'll basically burn and, you know, sweat myself almost to death for two, two hours at the gym. And, to me, it's it's saddening because it is a cry for help. You know, it's them in desperation, not knowing what else to do. Um, and I think there is, like we were talking about, there's so much out there to sift through that people don't know what's best for them. Um, and in my opinion, no calorie is created equal. All, all calories are different. Um, the great Dr. Mark Hyman, who is a functional medicine doctor, is um, one of his quotes and one of my favorites is that um, food is information. So you yes. are eating foods that will either help you towards your optimum vital health or they will lend you more towards disease and decline. Um, unfortunately, there's confusion in, in that through our society and through the um, the food industry of a, a calorie being a calorie but if you can take in as many phytonutrients as you can fibers real whole foods and that is where you're getting your calories from your body will thank you by naturally reducing inflammation and therefore a happy byproduct of that is weight loss yes that is uh, fantastic. I think the general consensus out there is that we know that food is fuel. It fuels the body. But now we really are starting to understand that food is truly information. And we have to look at what kind of information are we giving our body. Uh, so sometimes it just makes sense. If we take a, a really uh, good view of what we're putting in, it kind of makes sense that we are sick and tired because we're putting in that kind of information that is coming from the processed foods and the, the foods that are just loaded with the chemicals and the preservatives, it makes sense that it would um, lead to our health decline. So uh, my next question for you, I'm, I know you get this question a lot. If you're like me, you probably get it at parties and social <laughs> gatherings. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's your favorite diet? What what diet do you recommend the most? Oh my, oh my. If I had a dollar for every question I got. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a trick question because diet, I don't like that word in general. Um, a patient actually said to me today that, you know, the word diet is just die with the T on the end of it. And he, that's how he feels. He doesn't. And he he's, right. Like, he's, yeah, right. he's right. He's <laughs> right. I'm like, you are hundred percent right. You feel like you want to die when you're on a diet um, because it does feel so restrictive. So 
I approach um, food modalities and ways of thinking and protocols with um, food lifestyles. So something for me specifically based off my genetics, my blood work, who I am today, my past experiences, um, what I enjoy, all those things take into account. I live mostly a paleo type lifestyle, which basically just means I eat whole foods. I eat, um, you know, grass-fed organic meat, but my staple is um, organic vegetables, organic fruits. Um, I t I'm gluten-free and dairy-free, and I eat healthy meats, again, as Dr. Mike Hyman says, kind of as a condiment. So meats are just a small portion of my diet, really voluptuous, beautiful veggies being the, the staple. So That's interesting. I, so you've yeah. got your vegetables as the star of the show, right? Yes, I think that's kind of a shift mm -hmm. in how we have typically approached things. I know growing up, uh, you know, the the main course, the meat was the star mm -hmm. of the show. Yeah. And then, you know, some of these vegetables were mm, maybe a little bit on the side, <laughs> but you're saying uh, we need to shift that and the vegetables need to truly be the star of that plate. Yes, indeed, the vegetables. And um, also another super important component is healthy fats. So things like avocado, olive oil, um, coconut oil, even ghee, which is um, clarified butter. So it has the um, milk components taken out of it and it is um, dairy free. So it's just clarified butter. These types of healthy fats fill you up. Uh, walnuts, almonds, these beautiful nutrients, they give you um, brain health and satiety, so you feel full, um, healthy fiber, micronutrients. So, vegetables being the star, healthy fats, you know, pretty close up there too. And a little bit of grass-fed meat is, you know, is good too. And that's that's for me. That's from my blood work and from what I've learned over the years. And I try to do that with each patient. Is um, you know, cater to what they like, but in a way that will keep them healthy and vibrant and um, get them towards the most vitality that they can. So um, there's no one diet, there's no um, one lifestyle either. It's just finding that perfect lifestyle for each person based on their bio individuality. A very customized uh, and individualized approach. So yeah. you touched on another uh, hotly debated topic, and that is the topic of fats. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to my days when I was being trained as a dietitian, mm -hmm. at that time, uh, we were in a very much a fat phobic uh, society. And uh, this is how we were taught um, back then is that fats were bad for you. Fats would make you gain weight. It would increase your cholesterol, etc. So what has happened now to change our mind towards fats? And what fats do people need to make sure they're including? Which ones uh, do folks still need to make sure that they are trying to limit or avoid? Yeah, so I think the shift comes with more and more research and more of an awareness of um, whole health and just feeling vibrant. And the doctors and researchers now are saying that healthy fats, meaning um, olive oil, coconut oil, nuts, seeds, avocado, these beautiful um, healthy fats are helping our brain function, helping our, our blood and our immune systems. They're the healthy fats that don't clog your arteries or raise your cholesterol like some um, old thinking or old um, 
ways of, of ways of thinking basically is what it what it used to lend to. But we know now that that's not the case. These healthy fats um, are essential for brain function and for life and feeling full for longer so that you're naturally full and you don't need as many of these um, carbs that you might have craved in the past because now you're switching into more of what's called ketosis, which is also another hot topic. That is a hot topic. Um, yes. Ketosis is when your body switches from burning um, blood sugars and carbs that you're consuming to now burning the stored fat that you have in your body, which is the way that our ancestors would thrive is feast and famine type um, ways of living. They would they would feast and have all these beautiful foods for a while, and then they'd go through uh, periods of fasting where they would now have to live off their body reserves. And that is a very healthy way and a cyclical way that your body functions. Um, so the healthy fats are, are those that I mentioned. The unhealthy fats are what doctors are now calling sweet fats, which can be a very dangerous combination of um, wheat or, you know, these bread-like products that are paired with sugar and that is a pretty deadly combination for the body because it stores as fat right away your body will burn through some of it and then store it and create these pockets of fat and toxins in your body um, when you get into ketosis that's when those reserves can start to burn so okay big big difference between those two types of fats yes yeah, so give us some examples of those unhealthy fats those those combinations so people really know that um, hey the when I eat this it's there in all likelihood it's going to be absorbed very quickly and I'm going to simply store it as fat what are some good examples of those food products yeah so there are things like um, pasta, right? Like whole wheat pasta, um, candy, of course, ice cream, dairy products in general, just, um, you know, even if you know you're not dairy intolerant or dairy sensitive, uh, skim milk, you know, in my opinion, or fat-free milk products um, are a huge culprit because they take out those those healthier fats when in, in and of themselves are healthy fats, things like grass-fed butter are okay because you have that healthy fat component. But when you're taking the healthy fats out and making skim milk or 1% or fat-free milk, the sugars are now added into that milk because of the replacement that is needed for taking out the fat. So the um, dairy industry is trying to make the milk more palatable. So by taking out the fat, they have to add something in. And those are typically sugars or things that break down into sugars in your body. So um, dairy products. I think that might be surprising to mm -hmm. a lot of people to hear is that um, the the skim milk, the 1%, um, the, all of these the milks that we've kind of been taught is a healthier version for us. Not only are they taking away that fat that is beneficial, but they're adding in sugar to yes. that. Yeah. So, you know, and you don't know until you know. And that's something that is kind of um, scary and defeating for a lot of Americans because, we are sold the concept that, like you said, fat-free is the way to go, which is what we all bought into for a while. And um, now we're learning that those fat-free products and those skim products and um, reduced fat is even worse in terms of um, building up inflammation and making you gain weight over time when, in fact, we thought that it would help 
us lose weight, but it's because of the extraction of that fat and the inclusion now of different sugars. And I think we find too that when we're not getting those healthy fats, we're not satisfied. And so part of this is we want our food to satisfy us. We want it to taste good. And um, a healthy lifestyle, healthy foods need to taste good. So I'm so glad you brought up some of those healthy fats because I think that's really helping to lend itself to uh, increase absorption of the nutrients, but also to the mouthfeel of those foods, how those foods taste to us because that creates a very positive experience. And we want food to be a positive experience, not a negative experience. Um, so we've talked about fats, you, and you reference ketosis. So that's going to be my next uh, hotly debated question to you is, so are you saying that we all need to follow the ketogenic diet? I mean, everybody is uh, really focusing on kind of this ketogenic lifestyle. Um, what are your thoughts surrounding that? Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, same thing with uh, more of a paleo lifestyle or any of these other types of modalities. It is very individualized. A lot of people won't do well on a keto type diet, which um, that means, you know, super high fat moderate protein and low carb. So when someone hears that, the average person, that can be skewed in so many different ways, depending on how they interpret each one of those categories. Um, doing keto the way a lot of people do is, or what I've heard at least from some patients, is they have a lot of cream cheese or dairy or sour cream, um, these heavy products to get in there fats, right? Because those things don't have carbs. So they're trying to get in these fats and at the detriment of the fact that they're creating more inflammation. Now wow. they are um, trying to have some protein, but of course, by their own, no fault of their own, they're taking in maybe a little bit too much protein now or, or not enough. So now they're feeling fatigued. They're losing weight, but maybe not that quickly, they're plateauing, um, and then they're getting rid of all carbs pretty much, which is another huge detriment because, of course, we know carbs are vegetables and fruits. Um, you do need those things to have a diversity of nutrients and phytonutrients that your body needs for basis, basic functionality. So now people are cutting out carbs um, in the form of vegetables and fruits as well. So that's the wrong way to do it, which is, you know, too much dairy products or fat laden products that sure they're carb free, but now there's a ton of this unhealthy fat in your system. Um, it's kind of touch and go with the protein, either too much or not enough. And they are cutting out um, the magnificent carbs, which are the vegetables and fruits. So that's the wrong way. The, the correct way would be um, what doctors and functional medicine doctors are now saying is kind of ketotarian. So, um, oh, interesting. What does that word yeah. mean, ketotarian? Yeah. So that's kind of focusing on um, the vegetables as the main dish. So you're trying to have vegetables and a little bit of protein and all of these beautiful healthy fats. Again, the avocado, olive oil, 
um, healthy nuts and seeds. So that's where you're getting all your fats from. You're having a moderate uh, moderation, um, sorry, a moderate amount of protein, grass-fed beef, um, organic meats that are kind of a um, condiment in the middle there and a, a moderate amount. And then still a good amount of these um, vegetables that aren't typically higher carb, but they're super high micronutrients. So um, things like kale and spinach and all these beautiful cruciferous vegetables and not that many um, heavier carb foods like sweet potatoes um, and just kind of moderating your carbs in that way, making sure that you're getting those beautiful healthy fats and a good amount of um, organic grass-fed protein. Very interesting. So uh, if someone is looking at the subject of fruits and looking at their intake of fruits uh, and that person said, okay, I've heard that I can't have fruit because it has sugar in it. (laughs) How would you respond to that person? Yeah. And again, I mean, I always applaud people for coming to me with these questions and the fact that they're, they've done research and they know, you know, that, that there are foods that have higher sugar or, um, the buzzword higher glycemic or you know lower sugar foods lower glycemic so the fruits that are great to have in a in any type of realm is uh, berries so those are lower glycemic they have a great amount of phytonutrients and fiber so they'll fill you up um, without spiking your blood sugar so that you feel like you need more um, apples are great fibrous fruits so Indeed, it is true. Uh, fruits have sugars, but it's kind of knowing that berries are king in that sense. They are super low sugar, high fiber, high micronutrient, and um, foods like pineapple are higher glycemic and typically will spike your blood sugar. So if you're and and tend to be higher carb as well, then um, you can Google the higher glycemic and lower glycemic fruits and just pick those out for yourself. Um, I go over those with patients when they come in. Um, Same with vegetables and um, whole grains even or gluten-free grains, seeds, nuts. We kind of go through the um, nutrient component of each one of those and what's best for them. So you referenced working with clients and how you really guide them to come to these conclusions on their own. What Mm -hmm. made you go into health coaching in the first place? Yeah, so um, kind of a short, long story. I grew up on a a kind of like a tiny farm. We had a garden. I was always fed um, amazing, wholesome, organic food for my mom. We cooked home meals. Um, you know, I was very blessed in that sense. And when I moved away for the first time when I was 18, I worked in a coffee shop and started eating pastries and um, sugary coffee drinks because I got them for free with each shift. So um, I gained a good amount of weight. I'm five foot four and I gained 30 pounds. So that's a lot for such a small person. For a small frame, yeah. Yes. Um, and I gained it very rapidly. And I felt this emotional um bondage uh, and a physical bondage of that extra weight so quickly and the chemical changes that were going into my body at that time and I just never wanted to feel like that again first of all and second of all I never wanted anybody else to to feel that for you know for their any part of their life and if they're there I wanted to get them out of it as, as best I could so I started researching nutrition on my own 
um, went to college and loved the positive psychology aspect. So I got my degree in psychology with the emphasis in nutrition, um, became a yoga instructor, learned more about nutrition that way. And I really started tuning into what that meant with uh, nutrition education, but even more importantly is just that one-on-one -on -one connection that you that you can have with people to help guide them to actually making behavior changes permanently in their yes, life. Definitely. Yeah, so that's where my passion began is I experienced it. Um, I felt that pain and I couldn't, my love for people just overwhelmed me to the point that I didn't want anybody else to have to go through that. And I know that it's such a, um, a large, a huge proportion of, of America definitely that goes through that. So I wanted to make a change. So what would prompt someone to uh, make that phone call, to search for a, a professional like yourself, a health coach? What would prompt them to do that? Yeah, I think um, just the confusion, you know, like we had we talked about today already of um, so many different things that we're looking at at social media and just being riddled with different information from different avenues from from well-meaning people, I think, you know, that are trying their best they can to educate the public about health. Um, and now an individual is left there kind of confused and wanting answers for themselves as a as an individual, just a personalized way to live where they can feel more vibrant. And I think that's what leads people to uh, functional medicine and health coaching because they they know or they find by research that that's what our whole modality is, is um, talking to each person and really learning who they are, you know, at a base mm -hmm. level from pretty much from birth to today. Of, taking that time. Yeah, taking that time, taking, you know, at least an hour with each person with the doctor and then another hour with me to just get that intake and tell them that we're here for them and we're going to help them and that they should be empowered to make those decisions. You know, it doesn't even come down to me as a health coach or to the doctor. It's going to come down to what they feel is best and that they're in the driver's seat. Becca, that is so powerful and and uh, allowing someone to feel heard and uh, supported and empowered. So I'm amazed at how much time that you guys spend with your clients. I think it's absolutely incredible. It really showcases that customized and personalized approach. So uh, my question to you is, you utilize a statement, functional medicine. You, you've used that several times. I realize we might have some listeners who they're not familiar with that term. As we wrap up here, what is your best definition of functional medicine and how does it apply to that listener who is, they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yes, yeah, I, I hear that at a, at a spiritual level. Um, I definitely understand that. So my best definition of functional medicine is um, getting to the root cause. So that is seeing these symptoms that people have individually and coming from all these different backgrounds and all these different symptoms that they may have and getting to the root cause of what that is, which does take time. So that's where I think that functional medicine really flourishes is taking the time with each patient and finding out what may have caused this or this symptom. Are they connected? Why or why not? Where should we go from there? 
how deep can we get to resolve this symptom? And now it's connected to this one and we resolve that as well. So, um, you know, functional medicine is really getting, getting to the root cause of disease. Truly a very unique and different approach and very, very timely because I think people have gotten to such a frustration level uh, in their own health journey and they need to do something different. And so I love the approach of functional medicine in truly getting to the root of the issue. And I love how it's completely centered around that individual. So a very customized, individualized approach. Becca, our time is up for today. And I'm devastated because, girl, I think we could talk for hours on end. You have given us so many wonderful just nuggets of wisdom and some insight. I think it's been very, very empowering. So I just want to thank you so much for spending time uh, with us today. Where can people connect with you? Where can they find out more about you? Yeah, thank you so much. I agree. I could go on and on about this, you and I both. (laughs) Um, So I work at Modern Medicine, which is in Addison, Texas. Um, We have a website, which is mymodernmedicine.com. My email directly is Becca at MyModernMedicine.com. Email with any questions at any time, or you can go on MyModernMedicine.com, search for the Addison location. We also have a Forney location. Um, The phone numbers and emails are on there as well. And you can look through the information on our page, get to know each one of our doctors. We have Dr. Rice and Dr. Villanueva, um, me as the health coach here in Addison, and then Ashley is the health coach in Forney and kind of read through what we do, if it's something that fits for you and how to contact us. Fantastic. Thank you so very much. Guys, also remember to subscribe to us on your favorite platform of choice. You can like us on Facebook, on Instagram, at Inspire Healthy Harmony. You can also join in the weight loss discussion and the debate on our Facebook group. And you can check us out at InspireHealthyHarmony.com. So until next time, bye y'all.